0: Tabiso Musiya
1: on SAFM. Start off by talking about the cricket then and the Sunday Times sports reporter Kanyiso Chuaku joins us on the line. Good evening, Kanyiso. Thanks for speaking to us. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening, listeners. 2 0 doesn't look good on paper. Is it as bad as it sounds, though? It is, it is, it is. Um,
2: look, one would mitigate by saying that England, um, leading into the game, have played 18 internationals um, across formats, but. Um, you expect the team of South Africa's well, ability and reputation to at least put up a bit of a fight, which can extend that they have. But, I mean, if you look at England's victory margins, um, South Africa improved in, in the twenty account um, yesterday. But you could see on on Friday at Union that um, Owen Morgan won the toss chase. And in fact, he seemed to do it. I mean, they made the necessary changes like dropping a Jolly pesto to number four and, still there, and he actually delivered from that position. So, look, I mean, England now, they played the prime um, white ball team um, in 20-over cricket and in 50-over cricket. So, I think the margins of results, especially on Friday was with flattering, um, there was a fair bit of fights um, in the Sunday game. But still, I mean, you, you can actually see the gulf Trust cross teams.
1: And in your opinion, what's the difference between these two teams?
2: Look, England are settled. They're a settled side. Um, I mean, they've, they've got World Cup winners, some um, They've got ITL, there are players who play in ITL. They've got match winners. They've got match winners for South Africa all. No. South Africa only has, um, <clears throat> to put it, I think they've got one bona the backing match winner in Quentin de Kock. They've got a few bowling match winners, but you need a synchronised effort for a result to come off. You can't expect South Africa's bowling attack to defend 140 every time. Um, you'll do it once every three to four times. Uh, Out of five times, you'll do it once. But against England, an England team was uh, batting depth, with the kind of batting depth they possess, um, you are, I mean, you're going to struggle. I mean, if, even if you look at the Australia series where South Africa ball well in that you could see that the batting was a problem. So the long and the short of it is that South Africa's batting especially is the, a, a key decline at the moment. And look, it's, if it's to cock out, to pussy out, you can pretty much say it's all out. But again, look, it's one of those processes that teams need to undergo. Um, people are impatient. They want results. They want them now. But they also need to understand the process. I mean... Um, one could say, at what point is Mark Barsh's head going to fall? Um, you could ask that, uh, you can actually ask that question. But on the flip side, you also ask another question. Um, look, he's, he's done okay this year over cricket, but you can actually see that the issue now is with T20 cricket, where there was a, re- a relatively decent start in, um, in India last year, but there's seemingly been some sort of regression um, since then in that particular format. So, to put it this way, improvement, especially in this particular format, is a necessity. So, uh, it's it's difficult to judge, especially with how this year's progress. If this was a normal year, where South Africa was able to play against the West Indies in the 5 T20s, they fulfilled the T20s against India, they went to the World Cup, and the results was coming, then it would be a bit more easier then to actually say, look, you've had this many matches and these are the results we produce. But because of how hard has this year has been, it's going to be very difficult to say the team is poor, but again, the results are saying something else.
1: What about the makeup of the team? Are they torn with, between playing six bowlers or going with five?
2: Look, I mean, there's a very big debate on about the makeup of the ball in the check. I mean, even Quillen de Kock, he he's in today's press conference that um, it is ideal to have at least six bowlers, but then again, you come across a softball. I mean, that comes across as a defensive option. At some point, you need to pack the five bowlers that you have um, in order to win you a game. I um, mean, if you have spoilers, bowlers, then good for you. But remember, that, that 6 spoiler also has to contribute to that. And I mean, that's what England have in the Ben Stokes, a player who can bowl, who can bowl and bat at the same time. So it is a luxury. Having an all-rounder is a luxury. It's also a fortune. And England, little England, have it a moment. And Adil Rashid is an all-rounder. He can back, he can A Ben Stokes is an all-rounder. He can back, he can A Josh Butler, by virtue of being a wicketkeeper open, he then becomes an all-rounder. He can keep, he can back. Um, so you play you play with what you have at the moment. And I think it's sometimes difficult to grasp the fact that South Africa actually um, struggling against England. But look, it is what it is. I mean, ten years ago, South Africa and England were in the same position where they were trying their best to find bits and pieces players, and it's taken them a long time to understand that it's specialists to do the job. I mean, if you look at teams um, that have been dominant over the years, your Australia's, um, even India's, um, those teams were fortunate to have an all-rounder who fills a bit part all of the time, but those teams specifically did their jobs through um, specialists, specialist batsmen, specialist bowlers who did the job. So, look, the long and the short of it is that. The the team is a work in progress, and I think they will remain a work in progress. And as I said, they may remain a work in progress
1: until the World Cup. We've got a couple of voice notes that have come through on 0614104107. If you're just joining us, we are talking to Sunday Times Sports reporter Kanye Sochuaku, just looking back at the two T20 matches between England and the Pro England winning both, of course. That means they've already won the series with with one match to go at Newlands tomorrow.
0: Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to Kanye. So, I've got two questions for him. The first one is uh, George Lender. And for me, I think we have found another great spinner and, and uh, a protest team because wonderful caliber. Uh, Khalid, I think we have found the real all round. It was a huge shock because he would have.
2: Tabiso, good evening there. I want to ask uh, where is Andile Leperruka? The other thing, listen, I like. But I don't think he is a T20 player since I've been watching him, following him. The guy, he hardly scores sixes or fours. So in this game, we need people who can score quickly. So I don't think it's a good answer. The other thing, in generally, our mental order um, doesn't play well. It doesn't start now. There is no consistency, thank
0: you. Good evening, everybody. You guys are listening to Ito Ling from Middleburg. Uh, Well, first of all, personally, I thought that um, the minute we lost the toss, I knew that uh, England were going to put us to bat first. It's been the recurring theme. Even before the World Cup, um, teams were putting us to bat first because they knew that as soon as Quentin de Kock uh, loses his wicket, then there's just not going to be anybody else to step up and get that big that big score there. And we just crumble. Every single time he gets out, the whole team crumbles. Uh, invariably, when he puts on a big score, we'll win. And when he doesn't, and the opposite happens. So I wasn't that surprised. And I suspect that this is going to continue for the longest time because we just don't have a squad or players that are good enough or that are at least uh, at Quinton de Cox level. Or even two tiers below that, everybody's just not good enough. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, thank you. This is it, Willing from Middleburg.
1: Okay, thanks for those voice notes. Libra, I'm not sure what happened with your voice note in the beginning, but I had the question about George Linda. I don't know what your second question was. Maybe you can send us another one then. Uh, But uh, can you So I guess, if there is one shining light, it has to be George Linda. And those who follow domestic cricket will not be surprised because he's been a consistent performer uh, there for the Cobras.
2: Exactly, exactly. Again, look, um, it goes back to backing what is in the system. Um, and a, a lot of conversations I have, um, formally and informally, with cricket people, you I mean, find some say that England have a Ben Stokes, Australia have this, they have that player. Look, you have to play with what you have. I mean, a George Linder now is probably the one up and coming between all-rounder that you see. I mean, at first class, at franchise level, I mean, a senior in who time you play, who's already played for the chess team, has asked initially questions at franchise level. I mean open the batting post, left arm um um since so left arm spin. So George Linda's I mean he's did done the job um at, at, at franchise level. I mean now you'd find that um I mean there's Andile is absent. I'm not sure um I mean Quentin um did hint at why he was absent but I'm not sure if that's something we can actually say on air. Um I mean David Miller is also absent so this this injury so, again, you have to pick what's available. And I think that's what people need to understand, that, that to him, the fact that Quinton is the only good batsman in the team. I mean, every country goes through that phrase. I mean, Australia just now, remember when they were without um, they were without a, a Steven Smith and David Warner? That looked a very ordinary side at every level. But what that allowed, it actually allowed an Aaron Finch to develop properly as a senior one-day batsman. It didn't quite cut the mustard as a test back but it also allowed Australia's left to come through. Now, it very, like, a Amaris Labuskakhni performed very well at shield and at county level. He was recognized, and now he's an Australian test and ODI regular. So, I mean, countries go through that phase where you literally don't have players to pick. You need to play what's in front of you. I mean, Pakistan now has been a very mid-league team, but they have stumbled across a Baba Azam, who they've made captain. And they built a team around him, and suddenly now you've got a Baba Azam. Everyone starting to perform around him. So I mean, it's, it's it's processes that happen in cricket. It's cycles that happen in cricket. I mean, you look at the cycle that and the 19 team has gone through, where they've actually struggled to actually gain results. Um, there've been a lot of question marks as to how the talent scouting process has gone. But at the end of the day, these cycles happen to the best of teams. I mean, even Australia at some point haven't any teams actually contested the world cup final in a while. I think in, 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 in the nineteen level, I think they did um, two years ago, but in between then they've been rather ordinary. So these cycles happened, but they've still been able to produce. I mean, uh, Josh Felipe was playing, um, Josh Felipe was playing in an 19th not long ago, but look at, at, at how important a performer he's become for New South Wales um, and, uh, and, and, and um, RCP. So again, it requires patience. Patience is nice. It's, and it's, you now, again, it's, it, a, a, a position like this in particular, asks many persons of a coach, are you competent enough to build a team? Um, because building a team and finding a settled team are two different things. Because when you find a settled team, like a John Buchanan did, um, usually the team coaches itself. But when you come to a team that's going through a transition, you actually need to manage the transition and um, be able to find players whom the team can be built around. So it's, It's a very tricky process that needs very careful coaching and man management.
1: Okay, let's take another voice note.
0: The woes of the pro tiers will continue because of three things, or three shoulds, as I like to put it. None of the three are present. Jeffrey Doyana should have been the coach a long time ago. He isn't. Enoch Ngwe. Should have been made at the very least the permanent appointment after his acting stint, but wasn't And you can be very sure if those two are not going to be there. Boucher should certainly not be there Unfortunately, he is That's why our woes will yet continue. The guy's out of his depth doesn't have a clue what he's doing Sure, he's coached at domestic level. Sure. He's played at international cricket but none of those things make him an internationally recognised coach. Absolutely none.
1: Okay, Kanye, so I think it talks to what you were saying. There's a, a voice note there that says Boucher should not be there. Is out of his depth. I, 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 I think that is Songezo. Surely that is Songezo. Now you can't catch me out this time around, Songezo. Go ahead, can you
2: Oh yeah. Look, it's. That's how the order of things should operate Um, when it comes to the selection of coaches, to be honest. Um, you pick the best one that's available. Uh, Look, it's... I mean, you know, yeah, this time, last in particular, you'll know how heated um, the debates were with regards to the coaching in particular. I need to take a deep breath so I can actually just recall the facts correctly. Mm. You know, was probably better qualified than Voucher, He had a very good season um with the Lions. He also had a bit more coaching experience because he coached around the world before he actually um joined before he actually joined up um with, with the Lions. So it, 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 it there were so many questions. There were so many questions with regards to um his appointment. Um that there was a better qualified coach. I mean I mean Christian Zani did admit on on, on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Um, just before he abruptly resigned that um, not hiring um, not hiring uh, what's his name, not hiring Jeff um, was a, a missed opportunity so look, I mean you, you can't always fault coaches um, that the system made the guys, Boucher was appointed a, a coach and you could say that it is a bit of a emotion for Enoch that he was the interim coach and then suddenly he becomes the um, he then becomes the uh, voucher's assistant. So, I mean, ideally, it would have been ideal that Enoch becomes coach, because, I mean, that's what the of experience tells you. Enoch got level four. He's got more coaching experience in the National Therefore, he should have become coach. So it makes sense. I mean, the, the two black coaches that were available were um, pretty much jettisoned. Um, Chris explained his reasons as to why he wasn't appointed. So, look, it's, Again, those coaches would have had to, have to deal with this pretty similar card that um, the, the cards that Mark Boucher dealt with. So, but again, they could have handled the, the, the players differently. They could have approached these things differently. I mean, Enoch had a tour from hell in India. I think any other coach would have been belted by the particular Indian team in those conditions. But if you look at how the team performed in the T20s, you realize that maybe at a short format level, there could have been some sort of an improvement. But again, we can never know now because he's not the head coach. So let's not turn this on the fact that um, those two guys were made head coaches because we don't quite know how they plan out. But if you look at their domestic records, um, their records are glad they should have at least got an uh, opportunity to become head coach before Boucher did. That is not a lie.
1: Well, this series has also been overshadowed by the protests not taking the knee. Even Nasser Hussain seemed bamboozled by this decision, were you?
2: It was, it was. Um, and it's a weird one in that You come from a country that has got probably the most famous um, uh, record of legalized discrimination. And for some reason, you do not observe the need when you know that the majority of this country is black. Um, When you deal with gender-based violence, it is black women who suffer the most because of uh, of gender-based violence. So you now arrive at a point where you say you are in solidarity, of gender-based violence, and this is how you're going to show solidarity for the Black Class Matter movement. Um, you can't pick and choose the struggles. You can't also conflate issues. You need to say we are not supporting this um, this movement. We are supporting this one. Uh, so look, the political headspace of that team is unfortunately very confusing, to do, to say the least. That's the first problem. I mean. Understandably so, one could easily say that you need to split politics and sport. But this is South Africa, you can't do that. Politics and sport have been in bed since time immemorial. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, cricket in particular was the one sport that suffered immensely during apartheid. I mean, um, it was the one sport, rugby was able to conduct international games. Cricket was shut out from 1971 to 1992, from 1970 to 1991, I mean. I 21 years of isolation and it took an immense amount of black blood that was spilled for the game to resume again. I mean, rebel tours took place to try to give the game impetus in the country. So, I mean, the, the, the lack of historical context in why the initiative had been taken, I had, it, it, it left a bit of taste in the mouth in that you cannot not understand the, 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 the current Discriminatory, the, the current racial dynamics that the game has, one, and also look at the historical racial issues that the game has always been at. And you just look at the explosion of the Black Lives Matter issues that, 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 that raise the ugly head in June and July, and you say that you've observed it once and therefore that is enough. No, it is a day segment statement that addressing these things is an event, not a process. Yet, it's a process, not an event. Yet, they treated up that taking off the knee as if it was an event that we did it once, therefore we don't have to do it again. So it's a mixed message, one that reflects very poorly on that team. And very poorly on the coaching staff, very poorly on the director of, coach, of the director of cricket, very poorly on the black on the black players itself because it comes across as if you're pandering to one um, you, you're pandering across two you're pandering to one set of the population and trying to appease them at the expense of others.
1: And and we had <laughs> Kakiso Rabada saying he was for taking the knee, but it was a team decision not to take the knee. And I think for me, it also goes against everything they said after that culture campaign's kukuza, where they told us about their new values and how they've learned more about one another and uh, the causes that need attention. But then, what about the captain, Kanyiso? Should he not have taken a stand here, Quintin de Kock? No, we should, he should, he should, he should. That's it. Quentin de Kock is a very good cricketer, but um,
2: his leadership, unfortunately, um, I don't think he understands the political dynamics that come with leadership. You can't be in that kind of position and say that um, you don't want to be involved in politics. Um, the national team positions are very, poli- are very political. Um, and unfortunately, in an organization like this, that is still trying to find itself um, from an administrative perspective. There's a lack of political leadership. There's a lack of administrative leadership. So there's no one in particular who will be able to guide Quentin. Let's like say a strong president, a clear president, say, listen, yeah, Quentin do this because you're also part of the captain's responsibilities um, mean that you need to do this. I mean, a, a strong CEO, uh, no offense to Kugan the government at the moment saying that she's not a strong acting CEO, but a CEO with an, an, a holistic understanding of some political situation would have set him down. The president, a clear-thinking president, would have set him down and said, you know what, while you may believe that this is what you believe in, you need to look at the bigger political picture. You need to look at how our countries is run, how things operate in, in, in a South African perspective. And this is why you need to do certain things. So, I mean, it leaves a lot to be desired. And the, the questions aren't gonna go away. I mean, even at the end of the series, the questions will remain. I mean, to the first came back um, after the COVID-19 lockdown. Every other team that played cricket, especially the ones that went to England. Australia did something when they got in the first international back at home. England did something when they played the first international back at home. New Zealand did something. I mean, it reflects very badly on CSA. I mean, if people are trying to compare with football, I mean, they're, also, they're always depending on what is football doing. If there's one thing, football administratively has always had its chaotic issues. But they've always been in touch with social matters. That you cannot follow. You get that you cannot follow. Whether it's SAFA or whether it's the PSL, They've always been in touch with footballing matters. So, yeah, we've got yeah. There's, there's, there's some problems there with South African cricket. i not just... On the field with how they need to get the team right um the the organization and the team's moral compass needs the favor of examining
1: and by the way i saw a stat today that kunditikok has lost seven of ten t20 matches that has been in charge of with the, the pro tears just last one uh, can you, so? is it safe to assume that petluku and david miller are the covet are the ones that tested positive for COVID?
2: one doesn't want to say uh but i mean the inferences that were made especially over the past um, two press conferences do hint at that we've never, and we did ask a question. We were told of doctor-patient confidentiality, but um, when you look at the the team makeup and the two guys who've not been available, um, it does kind of point to them. Um, I mean, Dwayne Pretorius, um again rightly that he is out injured. But remember, there were two COVID positive tests. The players weren't named, but if you look at the makeup of the team and um, What has been said, especially in the Sunday, especially after Faf's press conference and after Queenie's press conference, it's hard to not look past the fact that maybe it's these two players. We don't want out out to say that these are the two players, but if you listen carefully to what has been said in those two press conferences, it's difficult to know maybe whether those are the two players who actually may have been had to be quarantined because of COVID-19.
1: Okay, let's leave it there, Kanyiso. I hope that answers the other question that came from the voice note. That was Sunday Times Sports reporter Kaniso Chuaku just helping us look back at the two matches that the Proteas have played against England. There is another game tomorrow. You can also catch that on SABC uh, tomorrow from 6pm at Newlands.